Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. If you would, take your Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter number one. Colossians chapter number one. We're going to continue in our series entitled Complete in Him. Complete in Him. And we're going to be there in Colossians chapter number one. We're going to be looking at verses 15 through 18 this morning. Colossians chapter number one and verse number 15 is where we're going to be this morning. This is our uh, fourth message or the fourth week that we are in the book of Colossians. And uh, I've truly enjoyed it. Amen, haven't you? Uh, I, I truly have in just how Paul uh, is just um, explaining to, to these believers of who they have in Christ, what they have in Christ. And uh, it's just been a blessing to me and, and I'm thankful for it. And, and we find, uh, again, Paul is, is writing here uh, to a church that he has never met, right? Uh, writing to a church that he's never met. And, and uh, while under house arrest, Paul then begins to write this letter to this church in Colossae. Now, the reason that he wrote this letter is because there was a fight. There was a fight between uh, against false doctrine, against Gnosticism, against uh, legalism, as we'll see here in chapter number two, against uh, uh, Judaism. And so there's a fight within this church and, and their pastor, Epaphras, travels all the way to Rome to where Paul is under house arrest to get some counsel of how to handle these situations, how to handle what's going on within the church at Colossae. And as he goes to them, we find that Paul begins to write to the church here that Christ is their sufficiency, amen? That they are complete in him. They are full in him. A lot of times, we, I said this before, churches try to find more things than Christ to be full. Christ is all we need to be complete, to be full. He is all that we need. And so we find uh, that Paul begins to tell them, starting right off, off, the, off the bat, he says, uh, I want to remind you and, and encourage you that you have a new identity in Christ, that you have a new hope, a new love, a new faith. And he says, I, I want to pray for you that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will for your life and that you would live like who you are in Christ, that you would walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. And then he goes on and he, he has this prayer uh, for them and, and he, he, he thanks God for, for what they have in Christ as we talked about yes, uh, last week talked about that there is reason for gratitude. There's reason for gratitude because we have a new inheritance in Christ, amen? We have a new citizenship in Christ and we've been forgiven of all of our sins. They've been cast as far as the east is from the west. There's reason for gratitude. But then he goes on to continue speaking of who Jesus is in verses 15 through 18. And I want us to look at that this morning. The Bible says this starting in verse number 15 who, speaking of uh, the kingdom of his dear son, speaking of Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consists. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, 
the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. I want to talk to you this morning about the church is complete in him. The church is complete in him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so thankful that we can gather together together here as believers and praise your name. And what a wonderful morning it has been of singing the praises of your name. God, you are, it's been wonderful to see the choir singing once again. And, and Lord, that there's power in the cross. And, and God, that, that it is well with our soul this morning that you died for us and that you were buried and that you rose again on the third day. God, we're thankful today for who you are. God, you've already met with us this morning, but I believe that you would continue to meet with us through the preaching of your word. I pray that you would help me to get out of the way, God, and that you would just continue to work as the Holy Spirit is already working. That, Father, you would be glorified, that you would be exalted today. And that today we would find that that the church is complete in Christ. That you are the head, that you are the firstborn Lord of the de- from the dead. And, and God, that you must have the preeminence here at Fellowship Baptist Church. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for you. I pray that you would use me. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit this morning. And we'll give you all the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Again, we find that Paul is fighting against this uh, false teaching uh, of these Gnostics within the church, this Gnosticism. And one of the big teachings of the Gnostics was that they didn't believe that Jesus was God. They didn't believe that Jesus was God because they believed that the body was evil and the spirit was good. And so that, that God would never come in the flesh because it was all evil and he would be overtaken by because it's all it is is evil. But we know that Jesus was tempted in every point that we are, yet without sin. Amen? But we understand that the, the Bible says uh, that, that, that these people believe that he was not God. And, and understand, Paul wants to prove that God came to this earth in the flesh, that he, that Jesus is God. So look at verse number 15. He says this, who is the image of the invisible God. That word image means a manifestation of who God is. A manifestation or a representation of who God is. And he says he is the image, the manifestation of the invisible God. He is God. Amen. God, listen, God would be manifest in the flesh, in the body. And Paul says that God's beloved son was the image of God. In the book of John chapter number one, verse number one, the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Later on in verse number 14, the Bible says that the word, Jesus, God was made flesh, amen? He was made flesh and dwelt among us and beheld it, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the, of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Paul's saying, hey, wait a minute, church. Jesus is God. And it doesn't matter what people are coming in and trying to say uh, about Jesus, and, and about his deity, but know today that he is the image of the invisible God. He is God. But then he goes on to say in verse number 15, he says, the firstborn of every creature. Paul also points out that Christ was the creator of all things. He was the creator of, 
of the physical realm. He was the creator of the spiritual realm. He was the creator of all things. Listen, understand Jesus, he says, is the firstborn over all creation. That word firstborn is not, not a sh- showing that he was a created being. That word firstborn is a sign of rank. He is the ultimate ruler. He is the supremacy over all things. He is the creator of all things. That's what he's saying, the firstborn of all creation. And with this rank, Paul's able to demonstrate his superiority over any created being, even even if it is the spiritual powers. He has this rank. Look at verse number 16, what he says. He says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. The Bible says in John 1, 3, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Paul's making it very clear to this church that, hey, he Jesus is God and that he created all things. He is over all things. He is sovereign, amen? All things consist, meaning that he holds all things together. That's who Jesus is. But what I want us to really focus on this morning is verse number 18 of what he speaks about as far as Jesus and his relationship to the church. You know today that you are a part, if you're saved uh, and you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you put all your faith and trust in him and his completed work for your salvation, that you are a part of the body of Christ. Amen? You are a part of his body, the church. And what is his relationship to us? And I want to share today, and Paul shares with us, that the church is complete in him. Number one, we see that the church is complete in Jesus Christ because he is our head. He is our head. Look at verse number 18. The Bible says this, and he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. You see, in regards to the believer, Paul says that Jesus is our head, meaning that he is the supreme master. He is the one that is in charge. Amen? Let's try that one one more time. He is the one that is in charge. He is the head of the church. He is the head. He is in charge. He is the one who gives the body of believers life. You see, the head is absolutely essential for the body to survive, right? The head is absolutely essential for the body to continue living. The head has to be, listen, and the church is the body of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. You see, the head gives much to the body. The head gives direction. The head gives direction. The Bible says this, be therefore followers of God as dear children. You understand that he, the head, Jesus, leads the body. He is the one that is to lead the body. The head decides where the body goes. You understand, we aren't led by tradition. Amen? We're not led by tradition. We're not led by personal opinions of your favorite pastor. We're not led by the personal opinions of Pastor Tyler Bro. We are led by the head of the church, and that is Jesus Christ. He gives us direction. His word gives us direction. He is the head. The church is complete in him. 
He is the head. Not only that, but he gives us the goals and, and, and the plans. The Bible says this, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. The head guides the body, right? The head establishes the goals and the priorities for the body. The head, Jesus, establishes the goals and the priorities of Fellowship Baptist Church. No one else. The priorities and the goals of Fellowship Baptist Church are directed by God and His Word because Jesus is the head. Jesus is the head. Not only that, but He he allows usefulness. The Bible says this, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Not only that, but also He gives us existence. The Bible says, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. He gives life to the body. Amen? The head. You see, if the head were to die, then the body would would cease to live also. But I want to praise God this morning that the church exists today because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's alive today so we can be alive. Amen? So that we can live because He gives us life. He gives us existence. We owe the head, Jesus, total dependence and obedience because He is the head. The Bible says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? which is in you, which ye have of God, and that ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See, there's a problem when the body stops responding to the commands of the head. Right? There's a problem when it stops responding. And what's that called? It's called paralysis. The body comes, uh, there's paralysis of the body and it results in a lack of movement and a lack of momentum. It's a lack of usefulness. And the only way that paralysis can be overcome is for communication to be restored with the head. And you understand today, there's a lot of spiritually paralyzed Christians today because there are people who are not in communication and who are not depending on the head, Jesus Christ. And so we're living our lives paralyzed. Our churches are paralyzed because there's no communication with the head. There's no dependence upon the head, which is Jesus Christ. And we wonder what's going on. We wonder why we aren't growing. We wonder why we aren't seeing people saved and we're we're not being used to preach the gospel. It's because we are not in direct communication with the head. We're not in total dependence with the head. Jesus Christ. You see, church, the only way that Fellowship Baptist Church is going to be complete is if he is the head. Amen? And the church is complete when he is the head. We treat Jesus like he's another appendage of the body instead of the head. Right? We we can live with it, with him, or we can live without him. And whenever the arm is is useful for us, then that's when, when we call on him. Understand Jesus is not another arm of the body. He is the head. He is the ruler. He is 
the supreme ruler of the church. He is the head, and we need to give him that rightful place within our lives. We need to give him the rightful place of being the head within our church. Listen, Jesus must be first, or we will continue to live a paralyzed Christian life. Jesus must be the head or we will continue to, li- to be paralyzed as a church. We must be in direct communication. Listen, church, let's start treating Jesus like the head of the church. Let's start treating Jesus like the head. Let's start depending on him to give us life. Let's start communicating with him daily. Why? Because he is our head and we are complete in him. Paul's saying, hey, listen, church, not only is Jesus God, not only did he create the entire universe and everything that is within it, but he also is the head of the church. He is the head. We are complete in him. The church is complete in him because he is our head. Not only that, but number two, he is our hope. He is our hope. Look at verse number 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. You see, the total hope of all mankind is only found in Jesus Christ. Do you agree with me, church? Hope is only found in Jesus Christ. You see, he is the only hope for our salvation. So the question is this morning, what are you placing your hope in for your salvation? Is it works? Is it another God? Because Jesus is the only hope for your salvation. Listen, he is the only hope for our sanctification in our life. He is the only hope for our satisfaction in life. And you see, no one will ever see heaven apart from Jesus Christ. No one will live a set-apart life apart from Jesus Christ. No one will have truly have happiness in their life apart from Jesus Christ, but all of those who know Jesus know that he gives us all three of those. Hope in our salvation, in our sanctification, and in our satisfaction. He is our hope. Bible says here, Paul says, he is the beginning, meaning he, it is he that everything started. Everything had its beginning in him. He is the beginning of all creation of God. He is, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. Amen. He made this world. He sustains this world. He holds this world together, but also he is the beginning of the church. Amen. He is the beginning of the church. The Bible says this, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock, meaning upon himself, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see, Jesus did not assume responsibility for the church. He died to purchase it. The Bible says this in Acts 20, 28, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseer to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Friend, he died for you. He gave his everything for you. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you so much. And today he wants you to become his child if you're not already. 
He wants you to be a part of the body, the church. He is the beginning. But he also says he is the firstborn from the dead. You see, Christ is firstborn from the dead. Christ died and rose up with new life that is death-defying. Amen? Christ is not only higher than any evil power, but is also sovereign over death itself. You see, we learn from Romans 6, 9, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. He is the firstborn from the dead. Listen, then he established once and for all here in in, uh, his uncontested rank that he must have all preeminence. Why? Because he's the firstborn. He has that rank. He has that rule. The Colossians are also described later on in chapter 2, verse 13, as those who once dead in sins were made alive by God, triumphing over death's power themselves through Christ's death and new life in Christ's resurrection. You know what that means? That means that Jesus was the first to die, be buried, and rise again to never die. But Jesus, being the hope of the church, will not be the last. Amen? He won't be the last. He's our hope. You see, what happened to him will happen to all of those who believe on him. Aren't you thankful for that promise today? That he's the firstborn of many to resurrect. That is the hope that Jesus gives to those who have a relationship with him. That is the hope that he gives to his church and understand today, church, that the church is complete in him because he is our hope. He is our hope. And then lastly, we see that he must be first. The church is complete in him when he's first. Amen? When he's first. Look at verse number 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. That word preeminence comes from a word that means to be first. To have first place. You see, in every area of life, Jesus is to come first. Paul, that's why Paul says this, that in what? All things, he might have the preeminence. That doesn't, that that excludes nothing, right? That in all things, he might have the preeminence. Listen, he must and should be first in our life. He should be first in our job. He should be first in our recreation. He should be first in our world. He should be first in our church. He should be first in our homes. He should be first within our hearts, church. He is to be considered above above and before all things. You see, with church, we often make other things the head of the church. Right? I've had people tell me that, that, a, that a, a church described a church as being solid because they dress right and they sing right. Listen, I'm not saying those are not, bad, are not good things, but that should not be the head of a church. That should not be what has preeminence within the church. Because when Jesus is the preeminence, those things seem to follow. You see, sometimes we make music the preeminence within the church. 
Listen, I'm thankful for the music that we have. I'm thankful for this morning and being able to sing to God. But listen, music in itself is not the preeminence. We try to make people the head of the church. Programs the head of the church. The pastor, the head of the church. But we should allow Jesus the preeminence of everything that we do. When it comes to our music, he should have the preeminence. When it comes to our programs, he should have the preeminence. When it comes to our dress standards, he should have the preeminence. When it comes to fill in the blank, when it comes to people's hearts, he must have the preeminence. When it comes to the preaching of God's word, he must be the preeminent one who is spoken of. Listen, God moves forward toward one goal. And that goal is to place Jesus upon the throne of the universe. The Bible says this in Philippians 2, 9, 11, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name above a, a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, he moves toward that goal daily and without compromise. You see, our job is to place Jesus on the throne of our hearts. Our job is to place Jesus on the throne within this church. He must be acknowledged as our Lord and Savior. See, Jesus already holds the preeminence in Scripture. Amen? He already holds the preeminence in Scripture. The Bible says, search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. He has the preeminence when it comes to salvation. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. He has the preeminence for, over salvation. He has the preeminence with sovereignty. The Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He has the preeminence in those things. But the question is this morning, is does he have the preeminence in your life? Does he have the preeminence in your life? Is he first place? Does he hold first place in your life? Is he the heartbeat of this church? Does he have the preeminence here at Fellowship Baptist Church? It starts in our individual hearts, amen? Will he be first? You see, if Jesus is not first, then it's time that we start cleaning out the throne room of our own heart. Only you know what's in that, what's on that throne. Only I know what's on that throne in my heart. And if it's not Jesus, we need to start cleaning. If it's not Jesus, we need to start getting rid of those things so that he can hold his rightful place. Because he is the head of the church. He purchased us with his own blood. He is our hope. 
Because he is risen, we will rise again one day. And understand he must have preeminence within our hearts. What do we have here at Fellowship? The very first thing of our core values, Jesus first. Because all of those other things follow that first step. When Jesus is first, people will begin to matter to you. When Jesus is first, then you will serve others like you've never served before. And when Jesus is first, you will be mission focused. You will be on mission each and every day when he is first, when he is on the throne within your heart. Church, know today that we are complete in him. Aren't you thankful for that? Our church is complete in him because he is the head. He is our hope. And let him have his rightful place. He deserves the preeminence within our hearts and within our church. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.